enough of the rain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I agree. This is a gloom factory here. I know. It's every day with this. Like I, I, and you know what the worst part is? I know the weather's bad, and yet every day I check the weather network <laughs> app. With I don't just stick my head outside. No right. way. I look at the app and I hope and I go, come on. When are we going to get nice time? You roll the dice a little bit. No, and it never happens. <laughs> it's just gray skies, rain, mm-hmm. puddles, not the sneakers I want to wear. Yeah. Bummer. True. Leafs. Disappointing, disappointing, disappointing stuff for the Toronto Maple Leafs to start that playoff series. So there's, I'll tell you this. I've been thinking about this all morning. I'm not afraid to do this because I know that we're all supposed to do just like rational analysis with sports all the time, but it still is human nature. And ask yourself how you watch that game as a fan. All right. Take 10 seconds and just everybody listen to this right now. Think about the way you watch that game and how it felt to you for large portions of it in terms of your own feelings of the urgency of it. I would say a lot of that sometimes felt like a regular season game. Thank you, Joe. I, it was actually just an exercise oh. for everyone to do it, but yeah. Everyone, I'm guessing a lot of people watched it and felt like this doesn't feel that intense. That we were used to watching Tampa, used to carrying around 19 seasons of where have the Leafs been into the first round. Excruciating stuff extremely tense viewing experiences that felt like the world's highest stakes. All of a sudden I'm watching a Florida Panthers game and it felt important early because the Leafs had a couple power play opportunities and anybody that really watches a lot of sports, it's, it's confirmation bias purely, but it does happen from time to time just where you get a couple power plays against a team that has a horrible penalty kill. You don't convert it and you feel like, man, the next one's going to be in the back of your net. It is. And then the rest of the game goes that way. But Didn't you get a sense of, well, A, it's game one, so you're recalibrating your viewing. Two, now it's the Florida Panthers, right? Someone that you haven't seen in the playoffs, someone that you don't have a really extensive history with when it comes to a rivalry. And so I think the natural inclination for many, at least it was for me, and some of the sense I got from some people was sitting watching that game, you felt still a little bit relaxed. Remember, I described that feeling of Toronto wins and what did most people describe to me as a feeling is they were relaxed feeling that night that they didn't have to go watch a game seven, that there was a little bit of just pressure off of them, that there was a a different feeling in the city. And I wonder if that seeped in with the players. That's not an excuse for them. I actually think in some ways it's worse, but these guys are still learning how to win. They won one playoff series. And it's a, to me, it's a huge missed opportunity that they just didn't take advantage of Florida and just break them in game one, that they weren't able to capitalize on those power plays, that they didn't play with a little bit more force, that they didn't get to some of those areas, that some of their stars just kind of no-showed and vacated. But I do wonder how much of that was still a factor in this, the unquantifiable, the intangible stuff, the did you not necessarily take your foot off the pedal but did a certain form of relaxation set in where it wasn't as desperate for you going from trying to eliminate a team that came back against you a year ago and that was able to define your group versus game one against the Florida Panthers team that wanted to play a little bit more of an up and down regular season style. 
That's that's how it felt to me yesterday. Again, maybe I will I will say I always say this as a fan. Sometimes when I'm watching games, I have to be cognizant of am I putting my own feeling onto this game? But I re I woke up early this morning and I rewatched a chunk of the game because I wanted to see a few things through the eye through the lens of me not being heavily invested in the actual game and me taking the notes and I felt exactly that. I went through it and I was, was I too critical of these guys during Leafs talk last night where I kind of barbecued some of their urgency level and some of their compete? No, they did not have it last night. I'm sorry. William Nylander last night sucked. Mitch Marner last night sucked. John Tavares last night looked really slow against a pretty speedy Florida Panthers team. They need to have way more from their stars. And I, I got to tell you, Matthew Kachuk, that is a problem. That is a bona fide, genuine problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs is if that guy can continue to have games like the one that he had last night and their stars play the way that they do. My hope is, is that the theory that I'm outlining is a correct one where Toronto came in and was just a little bit unfocused, a little bit undisciplined, lacked a little bit of that urgency, had a tough time getting up for the game the same way, which again is really hard considering I watched the Kraken play last night, right? And and they blew Joe Pavelski. Wow, what a... Fork all night. Yeah, and the Kraken come back and they went. But that's that's your first time through the playoffs. It's a bunch of different guys, but they just played with Jam the entire night. And they they oh, yeah. blow the lead and they don't completely fall apart. They just beat the Colorado Avalanche and they show up in their series and they are just playing intense. They're hitting everybody. They're playing super mm-hmm. hard. On the road. Yeah, and so... I don't think that the the Leafs thing is at all an excuse. I don't want to make it seem that way. I'm just saying I I do wonder if a little bit of that happened with that group. Mm -hmm. I I do think a little bit of that happened with that group. I'm pretty suspicious of, yeah, the entire city sometimes being tied in with this hockey team in terms of the energy of it. Aswell, it looks like you're chomping at the bit to say something to me. I was, and here's my problem with it. Don't you think, like, we've talked about it now, the path to the cup is there, right? Yeah, The odds on favorite. So you would think they would come up with some fire. Like, do Dude, the they Panthers aren't good. the opportunity that's there right now? Yeah. Like, I, that was it for me. That's exactly. I, I just, McKee and I on Leafs Talk all year, we used to joke about how the Leafs always need a pee-pee whack. That's the thing, is that they always need to have, do something bad, and then they get the pee-pee whack. And it, this was just vintage Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. Yeah. Where they showed up, and they had a game where you could look down and say, like, all right, I guess you shot them, and... Their goalie did make some big saves and you started better than normal and here's your good zone entries and there's a statistical case to be made that you played okay, but they didn't. They did not play well enough. They should have won that hockey game. They absolutely got outplayed in barbecue. Go look at the numbers five on five. They're a little spooky. Honestly, the the Leafs power play generated a ton of offense for them because yes, Florida's patently kill is awful, but go Mm -hmm. look at the numbers five on five. They'd paint you a bit of a different story when it comes to the two teams playing it pretty even. And yeah, Kachuk's line pretty early on in that hockey game, once those power plays subsided, he caved in the Leafs to the point where Sheldon Keefe had to shuffle his lines up. Sheldon Keefe had to go back to Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, his dice move, because nothing else was working against Kachuk, who I'm pretty sure outshot the Leafs 10-2. to His line was just directly responsible for essentially all of the shots but three that Florida got in the third uh, in the first period. But yeah, the, the numbers five on five. I just want to read a couple of these for you. 4-2. All the goals Florida scored were even strength. Toronto only scored there too. Yep. Expected goals four. Florida's was higher. I always love when the, it doesn't really match up. Like 
the actual number, the number like the expected goals for it's like 2.39 Florida scored four goals. I'm like, wait, how much of this is it? <laughs> <laughs> and the one goal by Samsonov, I didn't really love. Um, was it the, the, not the breakaway one? No, it was the last one. I the actually didn't really one. love the breakaway one either. Mm-hmm, right. Offensive zone time, Florida led five on five. Slot shots on net, Florida led five on five. And then scoring chances off the rush again, Florida was better. And that's where they basically won the game was they're one of the best counter punch teams in the NHL. I retweeted Jackie Redmond stat for me yesterday, but yeah. this team just basically can lull you into making bad mistakes. And then when you make them, they've got the forward power, those three lines to just capitalize and snap it on you. So yeah, I just lack of attention to detail, lack of urgency from the Leafs, lack of star power showing up. Poor decision-making, especially with Mr. Jake McCabe, who definitely put a big target on his back from this fan base's standpoint with that, like, horrific read. Just a a brain-dead play, given the circumstances of the game and what was going on. And, yeah, now guess what, Leafs? You're back in the position that you probably didn't want to be in, which is game two at home is a absolute, no doubt about it, bona fide must win. So... Maybe you just do need to play from behind. Maybe it was the theory that I kicked around with Brian Boyle about a week ago, which is this team just needs to have, well, actually that was different because that was the pressures off because the game is over, but maybe they just needed the pee-pee whack. They needed to get their bad game out of the way. They rested on their laurels a little bit, even if it wasn't a, a conscious one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that guys were out there making conscious decisions to dog it in a playoff game or were going, ah, well, it's not that big of a deal of a game. I'm right. talking about the subconscious kind of hitting them there and their legs a little bit there. And yeah, that's where I'm going to sit with this one. But yeah, I would say that disappointing. You should have capitalized earlier. I wish there was urgency. Some stars disappeared. Learning to win might take a little bit more time with this group than we realized. And then Matthew Kachuk is problem. Three points last night. Big problem. That line problem. He had nine hits too, eh? Oh yeah. I'm aware. He was like six at the end of the first. He He was throwing the body around and he was... Yeah, chipping in offensively. And again, I sat there at the end of the game and went, poor Calgarians. <laughs> They're suffering. Edmonton has this path to the cup, and so does Kachuk, and so does Toronto. And it's like, what would you prefer? What a poison pill that is. Would you rather the Toronto Maple Leafs are in an Eastern Conference final or Matthew Kachuk? They are just the ultimate Sophie's Choice city right now. I told you, I think that they should all just kind of collectively agree that you're not allowed to watch hockey in the city and speak about <laughs> hockey in the city. There should be a full ban on it. Everyone should be going around going, did you catch LeBron Steph last night? Yes. Mm. It was the only thing on television. Stamps Correct. look good this year. Yeah. Stamps do look good this year. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome I have no idea I but I am stoked for Argos banner raising night. Cannot wait to be there. <laughs> uh, cannot wait to talk to my next guest, Anthony Stewart, NHL and sports that former NHL forward, former Panther kind of a, not never former leaf kind of treacherous, but that's okay. Uh, just, you know, Ontario kid that went to the Panthers, Anthony Stewart. What's up, brother? I'm doing well. And it's not like you can pick where you can get drafted unless you're, yeah. a, you could have uh, done a Lindros if you really wanted, you could have done that. You had, you had juice. Yeah. Well, I actually had an opportunity to sign with the Leafs, but I'm like, they can bury $700,000 in the minors quicker than you can say. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Carolina. That... Thank you. They got cap constraints. Yeah, exactly. That's I hey, smart. That was, just, that was a really smart decision. And yeah, you're good with Carolina. So um, let me start with this. Uh, if I did a concerto meter one through 10, 
on that game. 10 being the worst, right? 10 is the worst. If you hit a 10, which you, you won't pick anyways, it's, oh, yeah, this series is over. These guys are cooked. One is an absolute nothing, which I don't think it can be either because they're down 0-1 in the series. Where's the, where's the concerno meter for Anthony Stewart today? What number? Well, I'll give it a, well I listened to Leafs talk uh, last night uh, after mm-hmm. the game. I think you guys are probably at a, maybe a six and a half or a seven. No. But I'll, give it, I'll give it a four. I'll yeah. give it a four uh, just because they got over the hump of Tampa Bay. And, you know, they won a lot of games that they probably should not have won. So last night was a game they could have won. Uh, there was a couple of big mistakes that cost them dearly, and that's the – the type of team that this Florida Panthers team, they capitalize on any single mistake. And mm-hmm. uh, but right now it's, it's a four. There was a lot of uh, good things done last night. Uh, a couple of players that need to step up a little bit more to the plate, but for the first game of the series, it's like a heavyweight bout. Yeah. They took a, a shot in the chin. And I think the question is, how are they going to respond uh, for tomorrow's game? Dude. Um, you know what? I, I think those is, it's, I'm, I wasn't at a six and I'm still not at a six. Cause I just think Toronto's the better team. Like I even outlined it during the show where I went, I, I thought Toronto stunk. I think that they were much worse than even a lot of the stats would indicate. Um, but they still should be way better than Florida. I- I'm sorry. that Florida has some scary things. Kachuk is scary. But, boy, if you're going to say that Bobrovsky is going to make that many saves again and he's just going to steal a series, I almost tip the cap and say he's 34 years old and he hasn't been that guy for a while. We were talking about him as one of the worst contracts, if not the worst contract in the NHL, like – this year that happened this year of course a goalie can get hot of course he has pedigree blah 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 blah. there's a case for florida they're the counterpunch team they have all these guys but i i guess like the concern level isn't as high for me just given that to me toronto still should be able to impose their style of play they should still be the better hockey team basically top to bottom against that roster their blue lines way deeper you can make the case all the way across the board i will say this though i do think that in some of the analysis of today that you're going to see and I'm guilty of this too, is you don't want to also be too hard on that game because they did just beat Tampa. And I think that the the city's mood, the fan base's mood is, hey, we, we still kind of want to be able to be happy about beating the Tampa Bay Lightning and getting out of the first round. So yeah, we're disappointed in this one, but let's, let's give them one more game. You know, like they have almost a cushion for snapping the 19 year streak. You feel that? Yeah, a little bit, but you got to keep in mind the Florida Panthers are, are playing with house money, right? So yeah, you know they dangerous. had no expectations of, of being the Boston Bruins, and they played behind for pretty much the whole entire series, right? But they're a you know the, they're a, a, probably a five forward team, but those five forwards are big, big difference makers. And I heard about you guys talking about it last night. Yeah, you know Toronto threw everything in the kitchen sink at Kachuk. You know he got hammered. And he's laughing as he's getting hammered. You know, usually that's a hit that puts maybe someone out for the game or a couple of shit. He did not even blink and blink an eye. So he is an ultimate and uh, ultimate playoff performer. So you need to find a, an answer to that. So my thing is maybe you let him sleep. But you know, I think this is going to be a series now. Yeah, your big guys got to step up. But I think you know, with the depth, I think the depth can really take over the series. And you know, you saw Michael. Uh, Bunting's goal last night, that O'Reilly line, the third line, Achari had a great game, I think seven, eight hits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Florida, they really ride their big guns. Uh, I think their fourth line averaged maybe five minutes. Yeah. So if you can find a way to, you know, maybe isolate them, you know, get in camp a couple more minutes, or even Kerfoot. I really like Kerfoot's game uh, this playoffs as well, too. And, you know, Zach Gaston reached to show him he can score some big goals. So having that depth really step up. Uh, I think it really make the difference in the series. So I think the question is now for game two, are they going to go 11 and seven? What are they going to do? No. Uh, but I think right now those depth pieces can really step up and make a big, big difference early and often for the, for the Lemay police. Dude, the, the 11 and seven thing, it, it reminds me actually a little bit of the Raptors box in one where, Hey, it worked. 
It's a gimmicky-ish thing. I know Tampa won. Everyone always overstates how much Tampa won a Stanley Cup with the 11-7 and because if you just go look at their two cup runs, I think that they played a combined uh, maybe nine games, 11-7. and So it's something that Sheldon Keefe has his disposal. But I, I, I got to say, it's going to be something that history looks back on and says, oh, Keefe decided to go 11-7 and it worked out for the Leafs. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. It, it, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm good on it. I, thought that they, I, I think that it worked kind of maybe get guys out of their heads a little bit, have to be sharper on the bench. But that was a desperation play, not a, a good strategical play. With Florida, though, you're right. They they ride their guys. Keefe wrote his, too, right? After the first period, they got caved in by the Kachuk line, and he did his dice move of, I'm putting Marner and Matthews back together, and these two guys are going to play a ton of minutes. I think that they played 24 and 25 minutes, respectively. Do you like those two together? What, what does it say that at home, the coach had to basically put those two on a line, switch things up as a countermeasure for Matthew Kachuk? Do you think that happens moving forward, and how do you feel about it? I think so, right? And, and and again, I think that was sort of the complaint, you know, with this team in years past where, you know, whatever the game plan was, they stuck with it and there's no mid-game adjustment. So whatever mm. Keith saw or, you know, thought someone was going a little bit better than someone else, yeah, I, I think you've got to respect that as a coach, right? And I think you especially have to do that if, you know, some of the big four uh, are struggling. And that happened last night with a couple of the players. So, you know, you got to sort of trust the coach's eye. Did it work last night? Not necessarily, but... Uh, Marner, Matthews, and Nice—they got a lot of decent looks last night. Yeah. Could have, uh, nice could have had you know two, three goals. You know, had a couple of tap-ins that he missed or, or fluffed on as well too. So, you know, I think for me, um, you know, if someone's struggling in that middle six, you know, I don't mind those ch- those chess moves. Maybe getting a guy up and down because that's the playoffs. You can't worry about egos or or you know you know uh, chemistry. You got to go with the guys that are going. So if it's five or six fours that are going, yeah, you know what? You got to do your best to ride them because you don't have a chance. You can't be like, uh, you know, the uh, the New Jersey Devils and just you know find a way to get back in the series. If you're down two nothing or three one at this point of the playoffs, it's going to be very very difficult to make a comeback. Yeah, I'm not worried about what that line does so much because I know Matthews, Marners, and Nyes they're going to produce some looks like you mentioned and thought that they were they were quality. I, I wish there was more from Marner in that game personally, but. Um, yeah, of course that's going to work. I think the issue is what happens with the other guys when they're split up and, and how all of a sudden the second line in particular sort of fades away. Yeah, that's that's true. But remember now with O'Reilly on the, in the three slot, you know, it, it adds another element. And, and they got them back into the game last night as well. They played some great, great hockey. O'Reilly, uh, you know, some little shovel passes there. Achari getting in on the forecheck and bunting. I know you mentioned that you wanted to see him get, uh, you know, maybe some better looks, but you know, that third line can take over the series. And I would not be surprised to see them with five, six goals just based on the lack of depth I think uh, the Panthers have uh, in their mm. bottom six. So, yeah, you, you can afford to play a little bit of chess at this point too because they have the talent to, to get back into games. But the one, you know, outlier that I don't think they're really preparing for now is which Bobrovsky are you going to get? Are you going to get yeah. Vesna Bobrovsky? Are you going to get Swiss cheese Bobrovsky? Are you going to get, uh, you know, Russian gas Bobrovsky? Which Bobrovsky? Buddy, give me get? the bad Bobrovsky. <laughs> give me the worst version of Bobrovsky, please. If I, if I get to make the selection, the Swiss right. cheese one sounds delicious. <laughs> I would like to choose that one. I definitely don't want him to get red hot and have to suffer through that. That would be a nightmare. Um, Where do you think, by the way, where do you think Bunting should play? Because I was torn on this one because of what you said, where I liked that line too. I thought that they played with some jump. They were obviously dangerous. He ends up scoring a goal in that game. I don't think that it's, it's a weird one. Cause I, I don't think 14 minutes is enough for Bunting. I did like that. They were spreading out the offense. 
I did feel like throughout the regular season at times, he wasn't a great fit with Tavares. And then you don't really want to move Nyes if he's going to play like that, where he's also scoring and he's really putting an impact or an, a print on the game. So what do you do with bunting? You move him around, you keep shuffling things. I, I really don't know what the answer is. Well, I think you do your best to try to sort of hide him, right? But what I don't want, uh, I don't want him now getting into the war of attrition with uh, with Matthew Kinchuk. And I think that could be a really big distraction. I think when he's sticking to hockey and then, you know, walking that fine line, he's at his best. So, yeah, can you interchange him with uh, Yankrook? Yeah, I can understand that. But Yankrook has proven that, you know, when he's in the top six, he can produce some offense. So, yeah, if we're sitting here game three and, you know, the Yankrook sitting on a bunch of zeros. Yeah, I can see the interchange, but I really like that third line because it's going to be a difference maker. It's got the skill. It's got the tenacity. Um, they get to the net. And, um, you know, so I think for bunting right now, like, yeah, I, I know where you want them. I know you want them on the top line with Matthews and Marner and get the old band back together, right? But, again, you got to find a way to mix things up and, and do what's best for the team. So, yeah, bunting, yeah, yeah, you like to see him at 17, 18 minutes. But maybe he's more effective at 14, 15 right now uh, against this Florida Panthers team. So that's the thing with playoffs. You know, one game, it could be 14 minutes. He can get hot uh, early in the first period. Next game, and get bumped up. So I think that's the magic of the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. But I really like that bunting uh, with O'Reilly and Achari at this point. Yeah, I liked it too. And so I don't, again, it, it felt like their second line, which I don't love, right? I would love it if that third line would have just been their actual third line. And if their second was showing up that way, I would have advocated for it more. No, I, I think I'm with you. I think that's where I landed on it is spread the wealth. And if bunting can produce down with those guys and gives a threatening option for O'Reilly, I, okay, keep it that way. Nyes has worked on the top line, even though he does give you a little bit of the jitters with some of the play in his own end. I, I mentioned it last night on Leafs talk, but that's two games in a row where he's been directly responsible for a goal against where it's just, Hey, get the puck out, you know, make, make the smart play. Don't try to overcomplicate things. And then two seconds later, it's a turnover and it's at the back of your net. Beautiful goal he scored last night, but that at least should be a part of the equation here is who do you trust? But yeah, I kind of thought if you're going to load up your top line, Matthews, Marner, and Bunting have been pretty damn good for long stretches of play. And I know what you're saying about the Kachuk thing, but poof, if Bunting hasn't learned that lesson at this point, if, if the team hasn't looked at him and said, hey, do not do this. And I thought the last couple of games he's been in, there's been none of that, right? There's been no diving. There's been no embellishing. There's been no antics. Bunting to me has been uh, a church boy the last couple of games. So I would, uh, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I would start to forgive and forget a little bit here and, and trust that guy and make sure that his top, one of his top six guys, like factually is ma- is making more than 14 minutes in a, in a, in a home game where you decide the matchups. Anyway, what did you think of the top players? Uh, let's go core four guys. Let's the, the forwards. <laughs> Yeah, I think Austin was uh, dangerous the whole entire night. Yep. Uh, you know, he was play some good plays. I, I know where we're going to get to on this one, too. And, you know, the, the microscope always tends to shift to John Tavares. And right before it gets to his number and you see the light, it goes to the E and then the S, that's when he has a big, big performance and then, you know, scores two goals, uh-huh. too. Uh, you know, Marner, again, he was a little bit on the perimeter as well, too. But it's, it's game one. It's a feeling out process. But, you know, the, the one the one trend that I was sort of, you know, a little bit worried about was Nylander's play last night, too. And, uh-huh. you know, by saying I have a science gate uh, on my mantle right now so the Neanderthals, uh, you know, can stay out of the mansion. Don't, too, try, but, don't be afraid, you know, all right? Don't be afraid. Is, Say the truth. Yeah, Just tell yeah, it how yeah, you yeah. felt. 
the enigma of him, right? Where yeah. just a little bit, you know, on the perimeter, right? You saw that one play where, you know, he broke the guy's ankles and then, you know, he didn't see that he had a direct claim to the net. So just the engagement, right? I think you got to have a little bit more engagement and getting involved. And, you know, the, the key to me in the first series, um, you know, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, and again, call me a dinosaur. You're seeing Morgan Riley do his interview. He's got two black eyes. Uh-huh. He's, kind of, he's so tired he can never talk. That's how you win playoff series. Yeah. You're not going to win this now. I think I said this. Uh, <laughs> I think I said this three years ago in the bubble. You're not going to wear. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup with short shorts and bucket hats. So you got to get away from that. It's going to get a little bit gritty. So we know Nylander's game again. It's not in the trenches, but you know he can tend to be probably a little bit closer to the net, drive a little bit harder. And you think now going into now uh, this second round series when you sort of got away with a good one uh, with Tampa Bay that you'd be a little bit more engaged. But again. Um, you, you, we'll give them a mulligan. I know there's not too many in the playoffs, but yeah. I think for this big four, if three of them are going, it should be an easy series for the Florida Panthers. And I could say one, maybe two, we're only going last night. Oh, dude, that's uh, my thing too. I'm, I'm in, I know my brain is in mulligan mode. I'm definitely there. I keep going. All right. Yeah. And then you're my, it's the playoffs and go don't. Okay. Did, did you see Marshan's interview yesterday? His, his locker room clean out? Uh, was he crying? He, he was pretty upset. Yeah, he was rather upset. Yeah, that part I enjoyed. <laughs> Even though I like Marchand, I sneak, I really sneaky just like him. I think he's super important for the game, and I, I love the trash talk stuff. I'm, I'm a Marchand guy, but I also can delight in him being upset. But they asked him about blowing the lead in Game 7, right? And he goes, yeah, that's not really what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how the other moments in the series where we had opportunities to put him away and where we had moments to capitalize on them and beat them. And that's my only, I, I, I have that in my rear view. I have that one noted here. Like that all sounds well and good on paper that the Leafs just gave up one game in the series and Hey, they outplayed him and Bobrovsky was great and blah, blah, blah. And Hey, it's not too critical of anybody because it was an early game until it's over. And then you're looking back on that game and going, Oh wait, they all count the same. Uh, game seven and game one have the same merit or same value in terms of the, the amount of wins you need. So yeah, I, I, I worry a little bit about that. I, I do. I just, uh, I get a little bit more upset. My backup goes up a bit more once I start to settle in and get a little too forgiving of this stuff because dude, the Nylander thing was beyond frustrating yesterday. I wanted to do the LeBron. It, it reminded me of J.R. Smith with the shot clock and not knowing the score. In 2018 against the Warriors where Nylander has got a wide open lane to the net and he's just kind of staring back at the, his own net. Go, it's right. Turn around the score. Do you not know what the score is? Go to the net, drive the net, stop staying on the perimeter, check into this game. And I know he has that face and whatever, but man, it was telling even last week, it got Brian Boyle on who is his teammate when Nylander was a much younger guy. And I'm sure he's very different now, but he doesn't want to put it out there. He doesn't want to just barbecue the guy, but he's kind of dancing around the fact that he's like, man, that guy could just put it together. He's a freak. He's so strong. Like he shouldn't be a perimeter player. He's one of the stronger guys in the league. He should dominate a a matchup like that. He should be going to the net. It should be net front opportunity after net front opportunity. And yeah, for one where there's just a clear lane to it for a couple of those plays where he can just get his own entry so easily, so beautifully. And then the rest of it is just kind of like, yeah, right now we're here. I got to the area. That's fine. I was, that was a really frustrating Nylander game. Like the next one for him is going to be huge to me. 
I, I think it is, and it's. I think it's the frustrating part is that we're, you know, they're not asking for him to do something that he hasn't been able to do before, and that's when he's most uh, dangerous. When he's engaging, right? You're seeing some of those overtime goals he scored, where he's coming out of the corner, driving and that, making those plays. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, playoffs is hard. It's intimidating, right? And, and I'll go back to Matthew Nyes. I had an opportunity. I was in the minors. I think it was 2013 after the lockout. I was with the LA Kings, and I got sent back down from the minors, and they called me up to play. I think it was first round game six versus uh, the caller, sorry, St. Louis Blues and my brother. And I was literally four days into my summer vacation. I think I went to Mandarin twice. I put on 15 pounds. And I said, I'll come, but I can't play. Because I was too intimidated to step into a, a Daryl Sutter L.A. Kings team. And I was so worried about what he would say. I said, I'll come, but I can't play game six. And I missed that opportunity to play for the rest of the playoffs. So I understand it. It's hard. It's difficult. And, uh, you know, for me, I didn't have it within me now to go four rounds to win a Stanley Cup. It's tough. So, again, it's a learning experience. But I know with this group, they've had a lot of kicks at the can, too. Uh, but you're, they're not asking to do anything that they haven't done uh, in years past or, or, you know, series past or even games past as soon as, you know, last series. So I think for Nylander... I think for him, he's got to step it up. But again, he, when he is on, he, it's tough to name 10 better players in the National Hockey League. And they're going to win a couple more rounds. Dude, that's, again, that's what's so annoying. Throughout this yeah. throughout the season, before the last month, where he basically went into a complete lull. He, he only had three goals. The, he's a 40-goal scorer who scored three goals the last month of the season. But we've seen this story. We've seen this story now where he's going to bounce back with a two-goal game. He's going to look in the camera, and you're going to see he's talking to good. you probably. <laughs> good, good. Talk that talk to me. I, I would. Hey, guess what? No one would be a bigger fan of that moment. I yeah. actually, that's my favorite thing is when uh, guys, when I, I'll get those tweets sometimes, I'm sure you've gotten them, where you're wrong about somebody, and people will go, this guy was listening to you, bro, and I and I always want to reply, I wish. <laughs> I wish so bad. Do you know how... Florida, too, like, where's Barkov been? Barkov's sort of been invisible. I know he had, I think, he had two assists the other night, yeah. too, but he, he's sort of been invisible. It, it's, I know, that's not an excuse. The playoffs are hard. <laughs> yeah. And I know as a former player, it's, it's tough to hear that. And it, 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 is, it is a war of attrition, and just as much as it's a physical fatigue, there's mental fatigue, too, right? So the yeah. Game gets faster, gets quicker, it gets harder. But that's why you're seeing some of these big body guys have success. Guys like Kachuk and Matthews, and you know you're seeing Achari as well too. It's 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 a tough, tough league, and it's even tougher in the playoffs. Yeah, um, but that's the concern still with the group <laughs> is that <Yeah. laughs> they're not tough enough. Morgan Riley put in, is. Put you're in right. Simmons. Put in the Wayne train. No, yeah, but, no, uh, it's, but again, it's, who knows? Yeah, who knows? what they what they absolutely don't need more of in the Florida series is less speed. No offense to him. Uh, it just they they got if they're doing anything they got to get faster. That's why I was even thinking yesterday, you know, Borney was going maybe they put Hall back in, and I went I just don't think that they can lose the speed of a guy like Lilligren. You just gotta you're gonna have to keep him in the series. I think. Um, yeah, I was looking at my analytics uh, again. You know me, I'm big on analytics. Of course you are. Florida scored. That was last night was their tenth goal that they scored within five seconds of the opposition's turning over the puck. Yeah. So just do that. On that, that's that's pretty crazy. I don't know who stat that was. I Jackie Redmond grabbed it off of Twitter. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie fired that one out there. I went, whoa! All right, everybody I know is a big just the stats. You, Jackie, Bourne, all of a sudden, you know, I'll never forget Bourne getting. He was doing trade deadline, and he was the analytics expert. And I went, what? Yeah, check <laughs> me out on Instagram. I know. Where are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So everybody's just, yeah, everybody's trying to rush to be the new analytics guy at sports. And I guess maybe there's a vacancy. So it's just everybody wants to be in on that. Anyway, uh, Stewie, good stuff, man. Thanks. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Go Leafs, go. Yeah. See you, pal. Um,
Yeah. This one is fine right now. That's maybe where we wrap this up for tonight for today's conversation about the Leafs. This one's fine right now. But if you lose this series, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow. You blow in game one at home where you had it tied up. You, you got all the momentum back. Then you made a big mistake and you didn't have a third period with enough juice. And yeah, I got to tell you, like, I, I know the breakaway goal. I'm just watching it again. I, I'm saying, I've said this a million times now and people have been criticizing me about it. I don't like it. It doesn't look like Samsonov is set and then it just, he gets blown by. It's a beautiful shot. It's a Verhege, it's a 40 goal scorer who just, you know, absolutely picks one. But I, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it again and I just do not like it. I will say this too. This went completely under discussed. Samsonov going down in the warmups. Yeah. And sort of laying there and going to the bench for a little while. And then not looking really quick on that goal and then looking a little slidey on the fourth one. Something to watch at least. Yeah. Uh, I, d- not something great. Not something great to have in game one. Anyway, Leafs got another opportunity Thursday night and then Sunday, which thank you, <laughs> NHL, for that. It's just good stuff. Sunday. No Saturday games. Yeah, unbelievable. Like truly, 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 truly. Just. What do I always say about the NHL taking Canada for granted? And that's just another example of it. Tough look. Tough look, no Saturday night games. And I, I know I got a lot of people that were tweeting me going, what's the difference? What's the difference? It's a huge brand. It's, uh, it's Hockey Night in Canada. And I was even thinking about some of the bars here, like how tough it's going to be for a Friday game. You to go against your commute, drive home, get off the subway, get off the bus, whatever. Get off the go train and then get home, drop your bags, and then what? Hustle back out to the bar? I guess maybe that's a younger person problem. Older people like, yeah, I'm watching at home. What are you talking about? I don't care. But it just, yeah, it stinks. I I don't really like, it's it's unfortunate. It's not the be all, end all. Uh, I know every Leaf fan, if you bring it up, they complain. I will say this. Now we know, all right? This is a, why don't you walk a mile in my shoes moment? Now we know how Canucks fans feel how every Saturday game against the Leafs, they get bullied in a four o'clock and they're like, we hate it. Now Leaf fans show a little empathy where you go, oh, that sucks. We thought the Leafs were the center. Ugh, tough blow. So yeah, sorry, Canucks fans. Sorry for just, you know, hammering you about that for forever and ever because it stung too. Anyway, quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk about LeBron Curry round one. Sportsnet 590. So... At least Lakers Warriors delivered, and I thought it wasn't going to, right? Mm-hmm. Leafs game, Leafs are against it every single time. So basically, here's what I can promise you: I will never see a first half of Lakers Warriors. It's just not going to happen. But it is a nice little tasty treat for me to have as a reward when these Leafs talks are done. Subscribe to the podcast, go watch on YouTube, do all those nice things. Leafs talks up right now too. Born McKee and I. Uh, so I settle in to my tasty treat, which I, I got to tell you, my Kraken pulling it out. What a team. That, those guys are all guts. I love this Kraken team. I, I know that maybe maybe a lot of people are watching because they upset Colorado, so they got a little piece of it for Game 7. We were all watching Game 7 Sunday. Mm-hmm. Maybe some other people caught a little pieces of it where it was, hey, we're at the bar on, what was it, Friday they played. They played last uh, Game 6 on Friday, or Game 5 the Friday before, and a bunch of people maybe saw that game. Yeah. Either way, 
Yeah, and they'd be kind of hanging around as, oh, here's the late night game. Colorado will check in on this as the as the Cup champions, as the new team. They got the clean jerseys, but that Kraken team just plays hard, man. They finish every check. They're wave after wave, and I like them. And that Bjorkstrand is just oh my goodness came out of nowhere as this just incredible threat. Matty Beniers, though, if they would have blown that game, that would have been a nightmare for him. He had a wide open net, <laughs> clanged one. But I like this Kraken team. I'm telling you, they're just fun, 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 fun. Really, really enjoy them. But I'm watching the Lakers, and I'm thinking I'm just going to have to tune into the Kraken game. I didn't get to see any Blue Jays. My guy Varsho, though, he speak about listening to the show. Cracked a bomb there right after I unveiled new nickname. So good for you, Varsho. I'm, I'm in. I'm stoked about that. I watched <laughs> the highlights, but I didn't watch the game. So it looks the Lakers are just having one of those games where they're always just a little bit up. And even when they would fall down to the Warriors early on, it was just like they would go on a run and they would reclaim the one-point lead. I think it was a one-point lead for the Lakers at half. And then basically the third quarter, the quarter that the Warriors are known for, A.D., and the the Lakers just shoot the lights out and kick the Warriors' ass. And the end of the third quarter, Steph Curry sits, and then he comes back in in the fourth, and we all think, all right, this game's pretty much over. I even just took a little peek at the live betting lines because I actually did think to put a little wager on the Warriors. Luckily, I didn't because that would have been super disappointing to me. <laughs> but they're down, I think it was 16 points. And I'm thinking... It's kind of a bummer, this game, disappointed, but it all makes sense. I'd written my narrative out, which is LeBron it was never going to lose this game. He was going to show up after having some rest. The Warriors had just been through a gauntlet of a series with the Kings. I, I know that the Warriors were favored in this game, and I didn't want to make them my best bet with Patano, which, by the way, did hit, so don't worry about it, mm-hmm. um, even though I did bet the Lakers. Because um, I was just, it's the fear of the Warriors at home and whatever. They're such a good home team. They've been such a bad road team. You thought that there might be a little urgency with them too. Either way, right. I'm thinking LeBron, this is classic. This is him. He knows it. He's got to take game one. He's got to get the split. He's got to plant the seed of doubt. Plus, he knows that he might wear down as the series goes on. So for him, the earlier that they could potentially wrap the series up, the better. They're going to give their best punch to Golden State in game one. So I'd already written all this stuff down. I'm like, this is classic LeBron, genius LeBron, even as much as AD is going to take all, like, get all the credit as he should for this game. This is a lot of LeBron urgency imprint on the rest of the group and them taking advantage of it. And then all of a sudden, Steph Curry goes, you guys should stay up just a little longer. 14-0 run for the Warriors. And there was actually a LeBron block. Mm -hmm. I think it was like 6-0 runs, 8-0 run at some point where Steph breaks into the basket and LeBron swats the ever-loving crap out of him. (laughs) And I went, that's enough (laughs) of that. The king is here. I I hate it, but I'm fully... (laughs) I like both guys. You're I'm fully really in the Lakers, eh? No, no, I'm not fully in the Lakers. It was just that I'm really just hoping that we get... This happens to me at the end of great players' careers sure. where I start to become... Wait, I'm the, what the Leafs should be, urgent in terms <laughs> of my watching. And I go, let me just see the greatness, right? Let me just... Uh, I don't want to lose it. I've been... LeBron has been a constant in all of our lives. You guys just said it to me. It's the first year in his career where he hasn't been... Get, he hasn't gotten an MVP yeah, vote. First year. We got 20 years of LeBron. Mm-hmm. And so it's become something where everyone's so you're like, you're not picking out LeBron on a Tuesday. You're like, yeah, I've seen LeBron. I know what LeBron is. Okay. Mm. So you take the genius for granted a little bit. You take the brilliance of LeBron for granted a little bit. He's corny and he can be <laughs> annoying sometimes. And he whooped the Raptors ass. And so you can kind of check out of him. 
which is fine. We've all got lives to live. I'm not saying we should spend every single day worshiping at the altar of LeBron. <laughs> My only point is, is that when the career starts to come to an end and you know that you're watching one of the last great moments of an all-time great player, I lock in in a different way and I start to go, I want to see more of it. I don't want it to end. Yeah. I'm afraid of it being over. Yeah. Like what if Curry knocks LeBron out? LeBron comes back his age 39 season. Yeah. Uh, like what's it? It, it, get, it doesn't get easier here. Yeah. This isn't LeBron losing year one with the heat and you go, boy, next year you better look out for what LeBron, he's going to go into the offseason work on his post game. Like the only thing LeBron's working on with his game right now is cryogenics and <laughs> ice baths and, you know, <laughs> longevity. He's TB12. He's him. And Tom Brady are swapping yeah. secrets that I wish I could get. That's what he's working on during the offseason. It has nothing to do with improving his game. But Steph is just brilliant. Yeah. Steph just starts to go full danger mode, and you're seeing these two guys go head-to-head, and LeBron bricks a three, an awful one that could have ended yeah. the game, and the Warriors are right there. They're alive. And then here, it's like right out of WWE, like the glass breaks, enters Jordan Poole. <laughs> who decides that red-hot Steph Curry... And Steph was getting doubled, really. Like, the Lakers obviously threw everything at him, and they said, beat us any other way. Yeah. It's fine. It's 17 points in the second half. Jordan Poole takes two of the worst shots I have seen to close a playoff game. You want to talk... It, it reminded me, again, same thing. As I mentioned earlier with Nylander not knowing the score with the J.R. Smith thing... It was almost like reverse J.R. Smith where Jordan Poole didn't know how much time was left in the basketball game. First of all, he drives to the basket and he decides I'm going to be the one with the floater and bricks one with the game right there hanging in the balance. And then instead of going, oh, my God, I can't believe I almost cost my team the game. We're still in this thing. We're down three. We have the best three-point shooting combination of players in the history of the game. They're, they're going to be out here. Clay's going to be running off a screen. Steph's going to be running off a screen. He pulls up from the logo <laughs> when he could have dribbled in. Yeah. That's the part of this that's insane. Also, it should be mentioned, I, I, I th- that Nick Nurse and Dwayne Casey both been criminal offenders of this. This was a real Dwayne Casey move. Darvin Ham. He fully steps on the court. Oh, yeah. And puts a hand up. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, if there was ever a time for me to go call the tech on the coach... That was it right there. Yeah. That was absurd. If that, would, if, that, defend him. if that happened against my team in a big spot, if I would have had huge money on the Warriors, well, first of all, I would have been just watching the Draymond punching Jordan Poole's lights out <laughs> over and over and over again on YouTube. I would have just rolled that sucker all night long and just been like, play it again. <laughs> again, you see more and more why he did it. Again. <laughs> that would have been me. Again. Just psh, loop. Another one. Psh, loop. Psh, loop. But yeah, the ham handout thing, I, I it felt like it was treated as though it was just a common move by a coach. I went, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody get that close where he looked like he was a couple of centimeters away from blocking the shot. <laughs> what happens there too, by the way, if he blocks the shot? Automatically counts? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, we've question, never had actually. to consider this rule. But Definitely yeah. be a technical too. You'd be kicked out. Well, well yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. That part was pretty clear. I'm saying what happens with the attempt. Anyway, it's it should count. But yeah, that was an 
that, that, that wasn't good. I, I bet you that he gets a warning, and I bet you the benches and all the coaches get a bit of a reminder. There was one, too, already where I saw Spolstra, like, walking up the court with the heat, and he's a criminal offender of it. Mm-hmm. But game one, he was just walking up. He was basically in the middle of the floor as a part of the offense. He could have set a pick for someone, and I go, okay, I, I, I'm fine with this. I don't think that this is the biggest deal all the time. But, yeah, there's got to be at least some level of boundary, and it feels like the coaches are pushing it. Anyways, round one was awesome. Uh, so they do play Saturday night. You can watch Warriors, uh, Lakers Saturday night. They're just oh, Saturday see, that's right, night. because I assumed they were going to be on Saturday night. The Did you see, by the way, the, the one theory that the Panthers owner has a horse in the Kentucky Derby? I did not see that. Yeah. I, I saw that theory, and I went, that's not nothing to me. <laughs> like, that, that one owner would go, and I, uh, I'm going to picture him with, like, a southern accent. Well, my horse is racing in the Kentucky Derby. I think he does every year, actually. I would like oh, to be like in a... attendance, Mr. Bettman. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Gary will be there, too. Yeah. F1's also in Miami in their defense this That's weekend. True. Dude. It is also yeah, in Miami. Yeah, no, it's a weak defense. I loved how many people brazenly were like, the Heat play across. It's, they play in different arenas. Different arenas, guys. Like For the love Florida's of God. I know. Did you check the schedule? Shut up. <laughs> It's I, a whole city down. Do you know the, the amount of dunking I could have done yesterday on Twitter off of this? I would have truly, it, it would have been an all time highlight reel. I just had to stand down instead of just basically become Vince Carter of Twitter for what would have been three hours straight with the bozos <laughs> in my mentions about their fan theories or challenging me on terms of what I knew about what had happened here. Anyways, um, love round one Saturday night. I'll definitely be watching that. But yeah, the owner of the Kentucky Derby. He does have a horse. Oh, Kentucky I know Derby. he does. Yeah. Oh, I do declare he has a horse in that race. Mm-hmm. And the Panthers were there before. Uh, obviously not this year. Uh, what? A, I, uh, <laughs> Don't like that. I, right? <laughs> here's what I promise you. I will not be betting on that guy's horse. I said. <laughs> <laughs> and if his horse does win, Leafs are cooked. Vino Rosso is the horse's name. Uh, not into that. Anyway. Anyways, it's time for Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year. My favorite book, the only book that I use. I absolutely adore it. I was all over it yesterday. Uh, bounce back. See, again, it's like same lesson for Matthew Nyes, the same lesson for me. I, I lost one bet out of my last five, and what do I do? I, I, it's not that I lost that bet. You know, Jalen Brown by one field goal attempt, just not taking any shots. And Tatum just stealing the ball. <laughs> Tatum being greedy, taking all the shots. Yeah. Never passing to poor, sweet Jalen Brown. And Jamal Murray just having one of the most horrific performances like you'll ever see. Just an awful, awful, awful one. Um, it's how you respond. All right. It's all about how you respond. And I responded with a clean W. The under hits in the first five between the Guardians and the Yankees. Thank you, BB and Cole. Mm-hmm. Hated betting on Garrett Cole. Sometimes you you just it has to be done. I'm going back to baseball tonight. There's a couple things like I I still do like those Celtics props. They have started to get a little wise of the 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 Jalen Brown thing. They've they've bumped up his points. He was sitting around like 22 and a half, then it was 23 and a half, and now it's 24 and a half. It's starting to get a little higher. Mm-hmm. And Here's the reason why I'm not jumping on that one tonight is I could see this one being a blowout. I I could really see the Celtics kicking their ass, him missing some time in this game. And then also 
his dribbling is a bit of a problem. And so when it comes to these late t- crunch time situations, he's not handling the rock as much. I don't mind it if you play Tatum, but again, buyer beware on this one a little bit. I'm just, after the weirdness of that first Celtics, uh, that first Celtics game, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm staying away from it. And now they're, they're way too heavily favored, but I don't have the guts also to play the other side with the Sixers, given that, yes, it's a essentially a do or die game for the Celtics. So, and I looked at hockey I went to the NHL and I did a scan. And again, on Botano, there's just so many freaking options, so many things that you can bet on. I scrolled through it. I need to see how Devil's Hurricane starts. But I will say this is just, to me, it's a coin toss game. And when I look at coin tosses, I usually trend towards the the plus side. And the Devils being a plus number, I think it's all right. The only thing is they did play in that game seven. So I was just too torn on this one, right? Like I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What, what do you think? Bob? From Jim Ralph yesterday, teams that play in game seven, 80% of the time win game one. So, you know, they... I don't think it will factor in that much. God, that's sexy. I'm now in on the Devils. <laughs> I would like to say I would style. formally declare Shout out Jim Ralph. that I am in on the New Jersey Devils tonight. Yeah, at plus 102, that's a pretty decent number. 354 betting options on that game. And then, yeah, Oilers, Golden Knights. I also like the Oilers here. Minus 108. Yeah, but my best bet is not in the NHL. My best bet is in Major League Baseball, all right? I'm going to the Diamond. Having trouble getting back to my page. My best bet is in the diamond. We're going to baseball. We're going back to first five unders. Okay? Mm-hmm. Of course, my computer has frozen. And we have 30 seconds. Thank you, Joe. No problem. Toss I like how I made everybody wait for this one. <laughs> the drama. I like the Pittsburgh Pirates under one and a half runs in the first five innings against Shane McClanahan. I don't think that they put anything on him. It's a low number, but we're rolling with it. I like how I'm going to have this tablet for the video. Under Pittsburgh Pirates, first five innings. That's your Botano best bet of the day. We'll see you tomorrow.